holding it. And I looked up at the sky and I looked up like at the stars. And I was like, dude, fuck this. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. And I, I started looking around at all the other kids and I was looking around and they were all dropping their feet. And I was like, I was like, dude, what if I just didn't do this? <laughs> what if I just like stopped? Hi, everyone. You are now listening to Real Talk. I'm your host, John Nicky, and for this week, we have Tony Stark back on the podcast, episode number two with Tony. It's been since episode seven, I think, was the last time we had him on, and so now it's episode 19, and a lot has happened. A lot has changed in both of our lives, and so this episode is really, really interesting because the last time we talked, Tony was really thinking about joining the Coast Guard and going to boot camp and he was training every single day for it and now he got to this point where it's six and seven months go by he does a lot of training goes through a lot of different experiences a lot happens and he has just a different take on it now and it's really interesting just to see you know where he was at half a year ago to where he's at now and so some of the key topics that we talk about are just you know what is the scene at the coast guard what is the scene at training how do they treat you how are you challenged physically mentally emotionally all those big you know factors and also how to learn from failure he really emphasizes you know trying new things and experimenting and just trying to find what fits you the best and what you really enjoy doing and so he has a lot of great things to say, and I hope you guys enjoy that. And last thing, if you love the episode, feel free to share with a friend, and you can leave a five-star review if you really, really love it on Apple Podcasts. And you can also leave a five-star review on Spotify, but you can do a written review on Apple Podcasts. You can also check it out on Instagram and YouTube. Both of these are going to be available there by the same name, Real Talk with John or Nikki. And yeah, I just want to say thank you again for being here. It's always a pleasure. I'm really thankful to have everyone just here listening, and I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. You are now listening to Real Talk. For this week, we have Tony Stark back on the podcast for episode number two. How are you doing, dude? Dude, I'm I'm doing amazing. Um, I'm out here now in uh, I'm in North Bend, Oregon, which is very very culture shock from Austin, Texas. Um, it's a little bit like if I could describe it, it's like, um, it's kind of, there's this hometown I had, um, in, in my own, like, there's a city in my hometown. It was called Williston, Florida. Mm. Um, very like just the dollar general is like the, the center point of everything. Um, we have a super Walmart here that like everybody goes to. It's like where like everything is. So it's a, it's very small town vibes. Um, super pretty out here though, man. Like the, the hikes and like the mountains around are, are dope. So it's definitely, that's ups and downs <laughs> aside from the cold and the rain i don't know how cold it is over there for you right now but it's, it's been okay in seattle but for the most part mm-hmm. since i've been like because i've been here for like two weeks now for second quarter from uh, winter quarter it's just been cold like windy cold and rainy just try to get like one last hike in you know like before yep. it just gets too wet and stuff but yeah um the last time we talked you know that was 12 episodes ago i was just telling you this yeah. kind of crazy so there's a lot you know, with your life that's changed and same with me. And I wanted to briefly just touch on, you know, where you were when we were first talking the first episode, that was episode like number seven. And so at that point you were living in Bellevue and we met through a mutual friend. Um, yep. And so you didn't even go to UW, but like we just nope. became really close friends. 
and you were a computer science major. It's what you want to do. You had like internships lined up in California. Um, that was like your plan. And you got to yep. school and you were also playing soccer too. And then what you talked about at that time, and that was like, you know, half a year ago. So this is like, you know, seven, eight months ago, right? I remember you saying that there was like a lack of that internal passion that you were looking for, you know, a new kind of purpose and trying to help others that like you were playing on the soccer pitch and you felt like you had a lot of things you could offer with your physical body and just being athletic. And you felt that there is, you know, a different way that you could fulfill those needs of, you know, having a purpose and trying to help others. And so could you just touch a little bit on like where you were at that time and then kind of what that next step was for you? Yeah. So I remember first meeting you and we were talking about like our soccer, like soccer is like our big thing when we first met, bro. And we, yeah. we went and we played soccer together and we had, we had like, I remember like we had, a, we had a pretty deep talk on the pitch that time there. Like we, we were like kicking around and stuff. And I think we got pretty deep into like what we wanted to do. Like I was explaining my computer science and all the, the internships I had like lined up and, and like how COVID kind of messed everything up low key. But I think, I think that that's what drove me to the, like the, the headspace of wanting to something, have something more. I remember sitting in my dorm one day and uh, totally just like not wanting to do homework. Like I was like staring at the screen and like a Navy ad popped up on the bottom left of my screen. And I was like, oh shit, dude, this is like, you know, this destiny, like, should I go check this out? So I clicked on it, started reading more. And I, I found out about an aviation rescue program that the Navy had to offer. And at that point I was like, huh, I'm not a good swimmer, but like, I'm pretty physical, but no, I, I thought that I wanted to, um, have something different, something more of a challenge rather than just going, doing homework and going to soccer practice. Yeah. So as soon as I figured that out, I, I kind of, I, I shifted my, my weight is what I like to say. I shifted my weight towards wanting that different, you know, end goal. The end goal I had previous to when, when I was in Seattle or to when I first got to Bellevue, like had changed drastically from when, like five months into being in Bellevue, I, I had a completely different end goal. And I acted upon it, which is what you, you know, you should do always act upon something that you want, you know, to happen. So I, I definitely shifted my tides towards wanting to join some sort of program where I think I could push myself to helping people. Yeah. And that was, that was like my mental state for that. What was that fire that really moved you towards the coast guard? Because, you know, you yeah. saw that Navy ad, you saw some kind of advertisement that was like, okay, wait, this could be destiny. And I see this on my computer and maybe this is like something I can look into because I just hate my homework right now. I just can't do school. Like, and you might see that advertising, but a lot of people and including myself, sometimes like you, you second guess and you might just not jump on opportunities like that. And so for me personally, I'm just curious, like, what was that like real deep fire that just made you actually commit to this? Cause even committing to a training thing like that, where you like, you might've not expected that, you know, like that was plan Z, mm -hmm. right. You never would have expected even thinking about, you know, joining anything or going to boot camp, And so like, what was that fire that just really was like, okay, I can do this. And I should like, look into this. I thought, I thought I was super, super capable of doing it. I, I had the mental state of wanting to drive through with this, but at the same time, dude, I, I came to Seattle from Florida. You know, I, I love the newness or like the, not the newness, the, the adventure of putting yourself into a different environment. Mm. Like that for me, man, that's like, that's my bread and butter. I love putting myself in a different situation like that because it's just, you don't know what's going to happen. And I think, I think something in me really wanted to try that out. Something in me was like, dude, if we try to join the Coast Guard, if we join the Coast Guard, think about all the places we can go, man. Because whether, whether you're in the Coast Guard, the Air Force or like anything like that, man, you're going to go somewhere different no matter what. 
And I, it's just kind of, it's sparked in my mind that not only am I going to be able to go somewhere different and try something else, I'm also going to be able to help people and like work out and get like a good, you know, routine into where my, like, where it's not just me doing schoolwork and it's not just me being on a soccer field. It's not just me doing the same thing over and over every day. Because while the repetitiveness of my day has got like pretty exhausting, I think, I think is what drove me to wanting to do this was like the mental state of wanting to see something else and wanting to see where this could take me. So, and while again, I thought, I thought in the future, like how this could like affect my life and how like being in the military just like kind of sets you up in different ways. I thought that just trying this, even if it's just for four years, like that, that's like four years, I'll be 22 and I'll be chilling. So I, and I think this is interesting because at this point, you know, you have this relatively romanticized view of what you can get out of, you know, joining a program like that, knowing it's rigorous and it's going to, you know, test you physically, Mm -hmm. emotionally, mentally, like, you know, that generally, but like, it's a different kind of beast when you do experience it. And so with that mindset going in, you know, you're thinking, okay, when I'm 22, like, this is where I could be. This is a new experience. I'm traveling again. I've already moved from Florida. I moved to Seattle, you know, Bellevue, Austin, like you've been around the U S so this is just another pit stop for you. And so at that point, you know, you go to what's it, Cape May and Mm -hmm. there's the boot camp. And this is, this is the first ladder to, you know, joining the the coast guard. So could you touch on that and just, you know, how all this started? I think I was on the phone with you or this is like when we were discussing first podcast, um, A to Z mm-hmm. or how plan A comes or plan Z. I think, I think for me going to, to boot camp for me was something I just want to get out of the way. Like as soon as I get this done with, and as soon as I finish it, I'll just be chilling and I'll, I'll start my actual career or I'll just be able to go wherever I want, you know? And that's not really how it works anyways. But I was super excited to see where I wanted to go. Actually, I remember writing down in my, in my journal, um, I, I keep a little like memory journal, like every day, dude, I would just write about like, where am I going to end up? Where am I going to go? But I think the mentality of, of, I had the mentality of after boot camp, And then when I got to boot camp, that's when it snapped to like, Oh, I'm here. Yeah. Oh, shit, let's get, let's get this, you know, cause this is a different animal. This is, this is something that people frequently drop out of. And even getting into any sort of boot camp, you have to have some sort of, it's a process called MEPS that you have to go through on um, the medical entry process. Mm. And um, you get examined, you get, you know, everything like that. And not everybody's eligible, man. Like, seriously, like there's a lot of people who go to to the MEPS station and they're like, yeah, you have some sort of medical thing and you got to get a medical waiver and all that. So getting past that mental mentally, like, oh, I'm in, you know, like they're going to send me and I know I'm going to be going. Like that's good mentally to have, but once you get there, man, it's all turned off because the way bootcamp is designed is to completely drop you on your head. You drop you in the deep end. They're going to see how you act. They're going to see how you react to other people, see how you react to stressful situations. And I don't want to say all boot camps are the same because they're definitely not. Because if you think about the Coast Guard's mission, it's very like rescue oriented and, and ready at all times because, yep. you know, something can happen no matter what. So I will get, we'll talk about that boot camp or I'll talk about that, how, how they really emphasized um, always being ready. Cause that was how, that was how that boot camp was structured. You always got to be ready for something. And I think what's interesting, and I think we're going to keep going back to this point and we talked about this earlier is that like when you get to a new place and you think you have this vision of what it's going to be like, it's, I feel like it's always been a letdown for me personally. Like you, you are able to like hype something up so much because it's like, it could be internally or just like the, where you're at or like where you're at right now. For me, mm-hmm. if I'm at home, I'm going to be like, oh, at school, I would be so much happier. And then if I'm at school, 
I look back to being at home with my family. I'm like, oh, I'd be so much happier there. And it's like lacking that like internal, you know, just state of being at peace and being able to like just focus yeah. on the task at hand. And so I feel like this point's going to come up again and again, but it's, you know, you're in a place at Bellevue, you're doing studies that you, like you don't really want to do. And then you're at Cape May and, you know, you get past this physical point and now you're like, okay, I'm here. And then all this training and it's like another level of stress even if you're moving to a different place and you're going to like a different school, like let's say you transferred or even just going to college in general, like you're going to be, you know, tested like a lot in a lot of ways just by going to school. And so what I think about is like, you're tested, you're supposed to be tested physically and mentally in a different environment on top of already having to like move away. Like that's a kind of a double stressor that I think would be mm-hmm. really difficult, but just even making past that first point of just being examined seems like it's like a, that big mental block. It's like, okay, like now I have to like dial in and like be present in this moment. Yeah. And I think, I think a big thing with, I think everybody can relate to this in some way, shape or form thinking about what's going to happen or what can happen past the situation. It's, it's helpful in the moment. And right. And let's say you have something very like, you know, very challenging in front of you, you know, and you're, you're, you're super tense and you're super scared about this one thing and what the future can hold with it. You start thinking of other things. Like you were saying, like, if I'm home, I want to be at school. If I'm at school, I want to be home. Going into boot camp with that mentality of if I drop out, man, I can be with my family in like two weeks. Yep. Um, and, and while boot camp does have a set date, it's only eight weeks, right? Unless, unless of course you get reverted, which is, we can talk about that later. Cause, um, being reverted in bootcamp means you do something wrong or if you don't have like the, the good proper knowledge, then they'll push you back a week in bootcamp. No one wants that, bro. Like that's, that's yeah. like the one thing like reversion is, and that's, that's another part of the mental state of being in bootcamp. That's a big uh, mental weighing factor that a lot of people have, man. Like you, you could be doing anything like, will I get reverted for this? Or will like, could I get like sent back for this? Yeah. Cause if you get set back, man, that's a week. And especially when you're in boot camp in December, you might miss family Christmas. You might miss Thanksgiving, you know, definitely, yeah. definitely a big mental thing. It's, it's, I mean, I don't want to say depending on what time you go to boot camp in like during the month is, is when it's more stressful, but if you go to boot camp in like the end of October and you graduate the day of Christmas, which is what a lot of people did. If you get reverted, man, like you're, you, know, you need to miss Christmas, you know, that, that sucks. Yeah. And that's just, a, that's just another mental weighing factor on top of the entirety of bootcamp, like everything that, that just happens. So yeah, man, you want to get straight into bootcamp? I want to, I want to yeah, find out what are these physical yeah. you know, challenges. I want to start physical and then we can move more into the mental and like emotional. Yeah. I feel like it comes with the physical those, challenge, but those, those there's are some very, of those, yeah. So yeah. kind of start to finish, but like, what are those, you know, most grueling experiences that just you had to suffer through? I mean, look at Tony's a great, yeah physical guy he's a great shape trained for this for like months he would tell me you know like for months he'd be swimming every day doing all these things and it's crazy like he like he's already so fit so just thinking about how much you were like you know challenged like i just i'm curious about like what certain tests they made you go through because obviously it's the coast guard and they're not going to be messing yeah well here's the thing you could be the most fit guy in the world you could be Mm -hmm. super tense you could be super like muscular super fit yeah it's still gonna suck man it's it's like it's designed for you to like like diminished it's designed for you to feel like you're nothing and then you as soon as you work as a group then you'll start feeling like something so some of these physical tests that we had was on um, the water bottle hold you fill a water bottle canteen up with water and you hold it over your head we usually did that for like 25 30 minutes you know and while like a water bottle doesn't sound too heavy when you have that thing over your head like it's for 30 straight minutes man it sucks it's horrible it was it was always group punishments and that's what i liked about mm. well 
it's not what I liked, but at the end, you start to realize why they do it, you know? And, and in the moment when it's something s- small and minuscule, like forgetting to clean the toilet or like forgetting to leave the toilet seat up, which is a big thing, or even forgetting to like make your, your bed. I mean, not too many people did that, but like if you forget to make a rack or if you forget to like fold clothes correctly, then the entire company will pay for it. And that's the, just the huge mental part of this. Cause like, if you, if you fuck up personally, everybody's gonna pay for it, you know? And, and that's, that's the big thing. So there was other physical challenges where we would have to hold a rope. So it was like a pretty heavy fucking rope and you have to hold it on your shoulder over your head, dive back on the other shoulder, over your head, back down. And you would do, we would all do that collectively for 30, another 30 minutes, 35 minutes. Sometimes we would do like 45. It was, it was crazy. Cause like, and your shoulders are burning and you're trying to hype everybody up and tell them like, you know, just keep going, man, you know, but you have to be in your own mental state and tell yourself to keep going. And while telling other people to keep going too, it's, it's hard. It's definitely, it's definitely not easy. Um, for that one, be, for that one in particular, and I don't want to interrupt. I'm just curious, like, was, yeah. was there like ever any person that just couldn't go for like more than 20 that just like stopped? Cause I, oh, I don't think like a line of like a ton of people, but like, and then how are you punished for that? In the beginning of bootcamp, there's this thing called ROM. Uh, restriction of movement which is very it's it's just for covid you know it's it's yeah. covid oriented where you just you don't interact with anybody for a week mm-hmm. and then as soon as you test negative then that's when they throw you into boot camp and that's when it technically starts um but rom was a lot of a lot of knowledge-based learning so we didn't really know what we we're getting into but then as soon as they threw us into these things and, and kids were just you know not really ready for that challenge people would just like leave it on their shoulder um there's a couple kids who just like walked off um, we had, we had one guy second weekend, we were doing a line holding that exact drill yeah. and he just kind of dropped the rope and he goes off. We didn't see him after that. <laughs> I think he, he just dropped after that. He just said, nah, this isn't for me. And he just kind of left. But that's the thing with, with, with just leaving like that. It's, it's like, then we all had to hold it more because he decided to to leave, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. that was the punishment. He didn't get personally punished. We got punished because he decided to leave without, you know, going throughout the, without the pain. But it was also like personal battles where people would have it on their shoulder and they wouldn't be able to lift it back up. And um, the the drill instructors or the company commanders is what they're called. Um, the company commanders would come and yell at them and they'd, they'd get in your face and, and they'd blow the whistle. And then you would personally be written down. And that that's the, that's another thing, man. If you mess up, then they're going to know who you are. Trust me, they, yeah. these guys, are that's that's the whole part of their job, just to find out who who they can lean on the most before they crack. Um, because if you crack in boot camp, then you're going to crack in the field when something's happening. So that was, that was, that was a big physical and mental challenge just from the rope alone. Cause th- that thing was tough. That thing sucked. <laughs> so we've got the canteens and we got the rope. Those are, I know those are the two like fundamental ones. I watched this one video, mm-hmm. um, that like, is like what it looks like, you know, in the Coast Guard boot camp. And I think it'd be interesting if like you did your own thing where you reacted to that video and then you just shared your own yeah. experiences. Cause I know a lot of it is like filtered so that, in a way, it's still like advertising to join the Coast Guard. So you're not going to show yeah. all those things and you're going to show like the most, the- even like like, <laughs> like the nicest or most attractive leaders that are working. I don't know what the names are, ranks or something like that. Um, yeah. but, like it's, 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 it's just different. And so like, I know those two things they showed, but what were some of the exercises that they wouldn't show? you know, that they yeah. tried to keep from the public because it just, it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be enticing to anyone who would watch that. Yeah. I, I'm the business insider video that, that, I, that we, yeah. that, that you watched or that I sent you. I think, I think that's a good, and obviously that's a lot of views, man. It has like 
10 million views or something like that. Yeah. Like, so a lot of people have a, a general idea of what they think boot camp is like for, for the Coast Guard. It's very mental. I mean, while the physical challenges are there and while it sucks, you're going to sweat, um, you're going to work out. There's a lot of physical. I mean, there's a lot of mental things behind the physicality. So a really good one that I have, which was very mental and physical, mm. um, was one evening. I think it was in the middle of week five. And week five is, is often referred to as search and rescue week or search and revert week because that's when a lot of people get reverted from the company because that's when they're wow. looking for the people who don't have that emphasis on time. So I remember one one afternoon we um we had failed a time objective, which was a big deal. Don't want to fail a time objective. That's like the, the one thing you can't do. And you do fail a lot of time objectives and they, they, it's designed to fail time objectives. But we did fail the time objective. And so it was what one of our company commanders did is he got all the females. Uh we had we had nine females in our company and there was 96 total of us. And so it was like yeah. 81 like 85 dudes and like you know these these females so he he got all of us to all the guys to line up in a circle and like around the girls and the girls had the rope and this is like a 300 pound rope man this is heavy super stupid heavy rope and all of the girls had to do that drill where you hold it over and hold it up they were sat there for like 30 minutes doing that straight and they were crying and they're sweating and we were all just sat there and he was walking around like this is your mother this is your sister this is your, like your grandmother, dude. I, some guys started like punching walls and stuff. And some guys started like going mad and, and like, that was pretty messed up, but that's, that's another mental side to what they want us to see that sense of you can't fail this or people are going to pay and people are going to die. If you're not ready for this, you know, yeah. this challenge that, that the Coast Guard has to offer. So that that that's a pretty hefty one that one that one was definitely i've actually heard of that one being used in different companies too uh where where yeah. the, the the females are are put through that but then they're apologized to and then they understand what what the, the end goal of that uh evolution was how did you um, react because to that? i was i was sat there i i remember there was somebody who i was watching she was a good friend of mine she's uh she was she was doing it and she couldn't do it at one point because 30 minutes of that rope hold, man, sucks. Especially when there's only eight of you doing yeah, it. Yeah, that's nothing. It's, it's mad heavy. But I had been there. I had been in that in that position where I was isolatedly being uh, being tested like that during a evolution. Yeah. And I know what it's like to be like that. I know what it's like to be sat there doing this single evolution by myself. And I, I just you, you just got to encourage them, man. Like, while in the back of my head when he was saying, this is your mom's sister and everything, I was like, damn, that's pretty messed up. A lot of guys just didn't like that. But at the same time, I was like, you just got to help them out. You got to like look at them and you got to be like, keep going. Like, you know, you can do this because yeah. it's it's more mental than it is physical. But while it is physical on the shoulders, it's, it's uh, so mental. It's because they're being literally put like on a spot in front of all the guys. Yeah. And they can hear what he's saying about being the mother and the sister and all that. And then they're like, you know, it's just, it's just all mental. It's crazy. You, that, but that I think that one like, that exercise and you know this mental emphasis like what do you think that is preparing you for like yes physically you're going to be be ready for 10 15 foot waves or just crazy scenarios and like weather mm-hmm. and just crazy situations of having to be at like your top like physical shape to save someone but like when it comes to just mental pain like where does that apply to these situations don't but that's that's the big one man if you're late 
you're late, you're done. People are going to drown and die. And we don't want to see that again. We don't want to see anybody go through that type of pain again. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's very get everyone ready type thing. So time objectives were, were a big thing. Time objectives yeah. were huge. And if you don't get time objective, then you'll see something like that happen again, where people get uh, individually punished or you'll just all get punished, which is like also a big thing. But if you, if you're, if you're late, then you're late. And then the, the mental side of watching that happen and then applying it later, like when you're, when you're trying to rush and do something, you have to really, you know, emphasize on getting that shit done quick. Cause if you don't get it done quick, then you're going to have to watch them do that again, maybe, or you're gonna have to watch that happen again. So I think what that company trainer was trying to get towards is you don't want to see this again. Don't you like no yeah. one wants to see this again. So get your shit done, get as, get as fast as you can, get everyone out the door. And then you won't have to see this again. You know, I also want to mention when I first met Tony, he wasn't the most responsible guy with time. Everyone that knows Tony, or at least before Tony, that um, that's a key trait of Mr. Tony Stark. And so I wanted to like, I wanted to ask if I just say one word discipline, like how did that meaning of like that word even change for you through this first experience of just boot camp? So yeah, I was I was always the, the late guy. Um before everything, I was definitely anybody who knows me, man, I was late to everything by at least like 15, 20 minutes. Oh, that's and that's kind of nice. It's definitely more than like, that. yeah, it was like an hour later, something like that. Um, I think it 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 pushed a sense of urgency to not um well, it also is, it's not like a, 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 it's like a memory thing, you know, like it was literally my life for two months where I couldn't be late for something. Yeah. And now when I hear like a, a time objective, which is like, be here by this time, I was like, okay, I got to be there <laughs> or yeah. I'll be five minutes early and I not have to worry about it. So yeah, I remember, I remember when you were texting me when I was in, uh, when I was in, uh, uh, California passing through. Yeah. You're like, hey, let's meet up at this time. I was like, I bet. And then I was there on time and you're like, what's up? And I was like, you realize how I was on time? <laughs> I just thought Crazy. that was funny because it's, it's, it's so mentally ingrained in you, man. It's, it's like, I like to work too. Like I used to be late to work to everything. And while you really don't want to be late to work in the Coast Guard, yeah. I'm early to work. I, I show up like 15 minutes early because time is such a big thing in boot camp. But yeah, if, if you wouldn't like, if you, if you're late, it's not a good thing. So I actually, I have a really, um, uh, a good story about, uh, someone being late and, and what happened to him and what his mind, like, so we had a guy in our company, his, his name was Kent. He was, he was the guy who, I don't know if you, have you seen full metal jacket? This is like my, my, um, my like kind of like comparison to, to a, someone in a movie. If anyone's seen a uh, full metal jacket, private pile. So Private Pilot, Full Metal Jack was the guy who always messed up. He was never doing anything right. And while everybody tried their best to help him out, uh, he just kept messing up because he didn't grasp the, the, the idea of things had to be done at a certain time. Yeah. So we had this kid, we had a guy in our company, and there's, there's a lot of guys who, who struggle to grab that, um, to grasp what it's like to be on time to things. And that's all you got to do, man. Just, you just got to be on time. And it's while, yeah, it's stressful to get yelled at and it's stressful, be on time and you'll be fine. So, but he, he always had like some extra thing he wanted to finish before we got outside or before we wanted to do. So one time he was doing his thing and we were all late and he showed up late. Um, but he forgot to lock his, his locker or his rack is what we call it. He didn't lock his rack. Yeah. So in the Coast Guard, we have, uh, we have like different ratings and different like, uh, ranks. So an admiral is, is like the highest rank in the Coast Guard. Yeah. So then there's like, 
three other different type of admiral, admirals. There's a rear admiral, uh, rear upper half admiral, vice admiral, and the admiral. So we had the rear admiral come visit our our base that day, uh, Cape May. Yeah, and he's pretty. He's pretty big. He's he's a pretty big deal. He's he's known. He works with the admiral himself. He he makes pretty big decisions on the Coast Guard. Um, but he came and visited, and uh, he took a tour of all of the squad bays. And oh. this guy had it locked his rack. And if you if you don't lock your rack, even the company commanders will smoke you for that. You like you personally will get reprehended for not doing that specific task because it's a pretty big deal. Also, in, in the real coast guard, if you think about it, if you don't lock your locker, people are going to go into your stuff and maybe even take your gun that you have in there and and you know yeah. go crazy with it and that's a, that's a big thing they do they take your piece because we had a we had a gun it was like a plastic gun in our in our racks and they would take it and you have to pay you know, some sort of debt like by holding it out or like holding it in front of you that yep. sucks <laughs> yeah uh, the holding the pieces that that wasn't fun um so here here's the, the rear admiral goes through and he sees that this guy's locker is unlocked with a bunch of officers like uh, a master chief was there like uh, a lieutenant and um Jeez. a commander so these are all like big guys in the coast guard who can like really determine this guy's future, like staying in the coast guard. And they all look at it and they're like, Hey, this guy's lock is unlocked. So I just remember the, the hearing the talk that the drill instructors had with them. It was like a serious talk. If you get seriously talked to while you're coming, that's a bad sign. Man. That's not a good thing. And, uh, it's just, it's just how he dealt with it afterwards. Wasn't the best way to deal with it. He, he was just, he, I think that that moment kind of got him for real because mm-hmm. he could have gotten discharged for that. I mean, he could have gotten kicked out because that's, that's like, that's like showing that you can't do the right thing in front of the, one of the bigger people in the, in the service, you know? And yeah, that was not a good look for him. Um, but he continued to do these things. He continued to not, you know, grasp the, the task of being on time and all that. Yeah. And he paid for that. He, he got reverted. He, uh, he went back a week in training and, uh, that's, that's like the biggest, you know, it's the one thing you don't want to do. So <laughs> that's like the, yeah. the scary part of it, because even if you're on your stuff, I mean, for the most part, I feel like the people there, you might make one little error and then you get like, you know, your whole squadron, they have to pay for it. And that's just the thing that happens, you know, because they're looking at all those little tedious you know, tasks that you might just mm-hmm. kind of think like secondhand, it's like not a huge important thing, but at the boot camp, it's everything. And that's mm-hmm. like what's petty about it, but also what prepares you mentally and emotionally, because it's like if there are like if there are any little errors when it comes to that, you know, that moment of like having to rescue someone, then it could cost a life. Like that's why it's so important. And so yep. I feel like that mental just focus is like something I don't know if I could honestly deal with. Cause like sometimes, I mean, I'm, I'll make my bed every day. You know, I, I have my habits, yeah. but there's like a certain level of, if I got screamed like out in my face because I forgot to like put my water bottle or I forgot to turn it a certain way, or I like got, had, I, there's one fact I forgot that I like knew all the other 40 ones, you know, but there's one fact that I forgot that I got asked like, yep. and I, I don't know emotionally for me personally, cause I feel like I just, I can't take someone screaming at my face and then having a whole group of people, you know, be punished for that. And I also yep. want to ask you personally, you know, about the lunch times because I know you told me how stressful those can be. And those are like, because you go to class and you like, you learn all these things about, I mean, honestly, I don't know if you could enlighten us just about like what you're yeah. talking about in class and then how that would be tested on at lunch. 
Mm-hmm. So it, it wasn't even class. Like you, you'd be taught these things in class, but you had to learn on your own time. You, you had yeah. to learn these, these, these general knowledge, which is what they called it. You had to know this uh, required knowledge and general knowledge. Um, yeah. It's like your, your uh, 11, uh, your 11 general orders, right? You have to know your orders. You have to know, um, well, it, it gradually got like harder and harder. You have to know your general orders in the beginning. And then you have to know like sort of uh, colors, uh, which was, which is the flag colors. Um, yeah. Like the uh, different signaling devices for, for boats. And then it gets to a point where you have to know, like the last thing was you have to know like every piece of an M16 rifle, which is like, I think it was like 20, 25 or 26, 26 letter knowledge of like, you have to know, like it was like flashing as a barrel, front sight, handguard, slip ring. And it's like the entire piece of the rifle. And um, it was, it, that was the same rifle that you'd have to sweat with when you're getting like disciplined, which yeah. is like the same rifle you're holding out of four five or the same that you're holding out in front of you or that you're doing fucking slow squats with, which is yep. sucks, man. <laughs> that's, that's like, that's the worst one. Having to hold it out in front of you like that and squat with it, that, that one, that one's tough. But it was, it was like, you have to know all of this knowledge. So there, there was class time, which is knowing actual Coast Guard stuff. Like you would learn about like leave and you would learn about how to use your leave. I and mean, then you learn about signaling devices, like the stuff like flare guns and, and, uh, you know, like flotation devices. Yep. And then you learn about different vessels, but those are really tested upon you in, in the galley. The galley was a lot of like knowing your general orders. Um, you'd be stopped and do like a quick uniform check. Like they would ask you to open up your left breast pocket and empty the contents, which is you always have to have two pens on you. You have to have your pocket guide, uh, your common access card, which is your military ID. Yep. And then if you had anything in there, that's not supposed to be in there. That's a, that's a, um, a tracker. And that's also another big mental thing. If you get trackers pulled, then you're like, oh, dude, I messed up. Now they know my name, you know? Yeah. Now they know, now they know if they have multiple trackers on me, then they can write a record of counseling, which if you have a bunch of those, then you can get reverted for that or they're going to test you more. So that, that was also a pretty big one uh, about being in the galleys. You've got to know your stuff and it's got to be fast. Because if, if you walk in there and, and they ask you a random question, and let's say it's the one thing you don't know, bro, like, who's the officer of the day, you know? Yeah. You don't know that you're done for, you know, like they're going to pull a tracker on you if you don't know that knowledge. And that's, that's, that's so mental, bro. Cause if you, if you get something pulled on there and now they know your name and if they do it again the next day, I got four trackers pulled on me one day in a single day. What? And then the next day, yeah. The, the next day, um, uh, it was like light, you know, like they kind of just didn't mess with me. And then the next day, that's when they really harped on me. I think they gave me like a day to, to learn the things I didn't know. And yeah. then, you know, then they gave me the test and then, uh, I, I failed a couple of things. I didn't pull my tracker though, but that, that was definitely weird. It's, it's definitely super, like, it's, it's they're, they're not nice about it. Like they get in your face and they're like, who's the officer of the day. And if, they, if you're like stumbling, if you look up, if you look around, you can't lose any military bearing. That's the big yep. thing. You can't look around. You can't think you just gotta say it. When we got food after he came back, he had his, he had his feet at that, at that angle. I think yep. is it a, at like a 90 degree angle. So or no, 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 Sorry, 45. 45. Yep. Yeah, actually 90 degrees would be really tough. That's a, it's a straight shot. That'd be a tough angle. Yeah, so 45 Sat degrees. Like 180. No, yeah, solid one, a solid 360. <laughs> it's like just having that and like not even thinking about it. And then like, you know, having these questions being asked and just being ready. Yeah. Like, like just being psychologically trained just to have all this ready. I mean, for me personally, I feel like I would reach a breaking point before even week five. Like, was there, um, 
a moment for you and just in boot camp where you're just like, where you seriously questioned like why you were there? I think everybody has the single moment where something so bad happens that day where you're like, dude, what am I doing here? Like, why, why did I do this? For me, it was the middle of week four. So week two is, is called indoctrination weekend which is where you get picked up as a company. And that's the worst weekend, man. That's where like they sweat you every single day for like, you know, eight hours a day. And then you get like five minutes, I have a water break and you yeah. go back into it. And, you know, so week four is, is really designed to, to kind of physically push you the most. I, I think, I think week four is, is like the hardest physical week because mm-hmm. that's when, that's when you start to kind of understand what's going on. You kind of start to grasp what boot camp is going to be like for the next four weeks. That's a big thing. Uh, having the, the mental foresight of what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And if you don't, if you're not ready for it, then it's going to suck, you know? So yeah. middle of week four, there was a certain punishment we did. Um, it was called uh, sweat sessions, um, PT sessions where you do like burpees and then you do uh, some sort of like plank hold. And then you'd have to do like some squats yeah. um, and then flutter kicks and then some sort of like ab exercise. And it's all timed and then they blew your whistle and you got to do it with cadence with them and all that. So I remember I was doing flutter kicks and I was looking, it was like the middle of the night. It was like, maybe I think it was like really cold out. We had a red flag out. So it was like 40, 42, it was like 39, something like that. It was pretty cold out. Yeah. And it was like kind of drizzling too. So it was like low, like little drizzle rain. It's cold out and it's all hitting my face and I'm holding my legs out and I'm like sat there like doing flutter kicks and well, yeah, I mean, flutter, flutter kicks aren't the hardest thing in the world for me because, you know, I did that for training and all that. Yeah. Um, you're wearing three pound boots on the bottom of your feet, you know, so you're doing flutter kicks with weights on the bottom of your feet because your yeah. boots are pretty heavy. And I just remember holding it and like, he made us, he made us hold it for a pretty long time that time. I remember kids were like, kids were dropping and like grunting and like, ah, kids were like crying. <laughs> and I remember holding it out and I was just like super stone cold face. I was like just holding it. And I looked up at the sky and I looked up like at the stars. And I was like, dude, fuck this. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. <laughs> and I, I started looking around at all the other kids and I was looking around and they were all dropping their feet. And I was like, I was like, dude, what if I just didn't do this? <laughs> what if I just like stopped? And I just got up and like got discharged. And I was like, dude, I could be home for like Thanksgiving. Cause I miss, I miss Thanksgiving with my family, unfortunately, yeah. because um, I was in boot camp throughout November and uh i was just like i'll make it for november i'll make it to thanksgiving i'll like i'll be with my family and like i'll be at home and i can just get like a normal job but that's like that's the thing man like it's and you can have like the like the foresight of what would happen if you were to do that in that moment and then if you just stick with it you think about what the future can hold for you if you really just stuck with it and you kept going you know yeah and i think that that was a lot of what i had through boot camp was if, if i get through this and if I get through this, and if I get through this evolution and I get through this test and I pass this test and I, and I do well at the galley, like I'll go into the real coast guard and I'll, I'll be stellar. Like I'll be chilling, you know, like I'll, I'll know how to get through this because yeah. personally, men, personally, I was in a program called annex X, which is for like the, the rescue somewhere, um, yep. everything. And, um, I was like, if I can't do this, man, how the hell am I going to like do that? You know, because I knew the challenges that Annex X was going to throw at me. I knew that this was going to be working out like, times 20. Jeez. So I was like, if I can't hold this flutter kick, and if I can't do this feast hold for like longer than, you know, however they asked me to, how the hell am I going to do that when, I, when I'm expected to do it longer and better, you know? Exactly. So that was, that was my mental state going through that. And, and 
a lot of kids have that forethought where it's if I quit now, then I can just go home. And a lot of kids do do that. Like a lot, like a lot of people quit out. Um, and a lot of people are actually forced to quit out because they're injured. Um, and that's, that's, uh, yeah, another, that's another thing that's yeah so unfortunate because personally I've been plagued by injuries with soccer. Like if I put in all the work and then you get like five, six weeks in and then you just like injure your shoulder because they're literally pushing you to the max, yeah. you, you might have like a little instability somewhere and then like you just can't like that's so fucked up to have to like be reverted, wait. Because you said that there were kids out there for like over a year because they were hurt and had to get surgery and but had to stay because they had to finish it out. Like that's a whole nother thing too. Yeah. Once, once you sign that pay, because a lot of kids don't realize that when you're in boot camp, you're in the military. Like you're, you're, this is like, a, it's kind of like a job interview to be honest. It's like the job interview. If you want to be in the military, if, if yeah. you even want to in the military. Um, and if you get injured, they, they can't really send you home, man. They, they can't. Cause you, you sign that contract. And if you just say, if you're hurt and you're like, Oh, I'm done now, you're going to get sent to something called restriction or uh, which is called um, DHE. Uh, discharge hold element or regimental hold element. So regimental hold element is where all the kids who are hurt go or like they can't continue training because of a certain thing. Yeah. Usually it's injury. It's, it's most of the time it's injury, but another time is if they're, they're not physically capable of doing the, the workouts that, um, that are presented for them. So there's a kid there who I was telling you about. He, uh, I think he did something to his Achilles and he rolled his ankle. Yeah. Um, and meant or not, uh, medically he wasn't able to keep going. He's he's been there since like summer, and he's he doesn't graduate or he's not going to continue with training until February, you know. So he's he's good, dude. I'm telling you, man. Being there for two months was enough. He's going to be there for, geez, like seven, six, eight months. That's like yeah. insane. Eight weeks turns into eight months, just like yeah, that. No, something just goes because, wrong. It's because he fell doing the uh, the obstacle course, and the obstacle course is kind of weird. It's, it's like you got to do a bunch of uh, it's like you jump on the um, on the on a pull up bar, and you got to push yourself over it, and you got to roll over it, and you got to go on a wall, and you got to climb some rope or something like that. I actually, I unfortunately wasn't able to do it because I got my wisdom teeth removed that week. Yeah, <laughs> which immensely, man, or like in hindsight, getting your getting your wisdom teeth removed in the middle of boot camp is the worst thing you can do it's it sucks because they're not going to give you any different food like they're not going to give you like you know soft yeah, food uh, so i had to, i was dude, I, I remember a big mental thing i had was i would have to grab two napkins before i sat down to eat and i would crush it in my hand because when i would eat and i'd take a bite it was just stinging pain throughout my yeah. entire jaw and i would have to grab that napkin and i was just super like you know kind of like had to it was like a stress ball you know like i just really had to like squeeze it and sometimes i get like like five more napkins and i just keep pressing it and i just like eat i take slow uh, bites and another part of the galley that was like super mental was like you only had 15 minutes to eat everything yeah. and this is something that would you know piss our friend off andoni because it's a lot of food waste yeah that's <laughs> it's right. so much food and waste, me that man. also like, pisses you, me off me and that pisses a lot of people off yeah it pissed me off man because I was, I was watching these kids and even myself, like, even when I was like, you know, I was sick that week, I had um, something called the Cape May crud, which is an upper respiratory infection. And at the same time, I had t- uh, tonsillitis. So it hurt to swallow, hurt to chew, and I couldn't breathe. <laughs> so I'm sat there, I'm like eating like two bites of food, squeezing my napkin, and then everybody around me starts getting up and, and like, that's oh my the stress part. That's like, that's when the you, most anxiety. <laughs> when everybody's getting up around you and you have like a whole plate of food left, and you can't finish it. And then, you know, like your next meal isn't going to be until because like, we had set meal times. 
and you can't just eat whenever you want, bro. Like there's no like getting a snack or anything. I sat there. I was like, I know I'm going to be hungry later, but I can't eat this because it hurts too much to eat. And everybody around me standing up and I checked the time and I was like, we've been here for like 10 minutes, like technically I have five minutes left to, to eat, but I'm not going to be the only guy sitting here eating because that's going to like point myself out to the guys, to the yeah. company commanders. So I, I, I don't even like, this happened to me for two weeks straight, man. When I got my wisdom teeth out, I couldn't yeah. eat for two weeks, like normally. So I sat there, I watched everybody stand up around me. And of course, when you're eating, your, your feet are like this. And, yeah. You know, it's just like everybody's the same. And I'm sat like this. Yeah. So I pick it up, put my mask back on, and I follow everybody. And I got a whole plate of food left, and everybody's like eating their stuff already. So it's it's it sucks. It's so it's so like it's very very mental in the in the in the galley. I feel like that's like, ironic because usually food is like a stress reliever. Literally, yeah, that's like usually, I feel like that's the most stressful situation. Like it is for me. Oh my god, dude! Is. Seeing other people walk and then like you're just like mask on. You gotta walk up. You gotta go. You gotta go. Like yeah, because you don't want to be like the the odd one out. No, that's so you don't gotta. Because then if you're the odd one out, then you're gonna get asked the question, and it's probably gonna be the question you didn't study for or you don't know. Yeah. And then that's a tracker, and then that leads to more things. And it's it's that mental that mental foresight again that comes in. It's it's such a you plan it all out. Like when you're sat there and you're eating and you you're not able to finish it. Like okay, if I don't finish this, then I'm gonna get a tracker pulled. If I don't stand up and they ask me a question I don't know, then I'm gonna get a tracker pulled. If I get another tracker pulled, then I'm gonna get a record of counseling. If I get a record of counseling, it's just such a such a chain of events that you play out in your head. Yeah. Um. And that that's how I was in boot camp too. Like if I finish this and if I finish that, then I'll be fine for that. You know. Yeah. Um. And that's that's how I in getting into some sort of structure of, of how I'm living now, especially is if I finish this and I finish that, then I'll be okay. Yeah. You know, or if I drop out of this or if I drop out of that, or if I change my direction, then that's it right there. You know, then that's, that's how I, that's how I want to go. Um, you don't get that choice of bootcamp. You don't get the choice of how you want to do that. It's just structured. I think that's so. an interesting switch because you know, you started from being a guy that went to school, left Florida, left his friend, you know, his friends who all stayed close. Mm -hmm. You made that free choice to go to Bellevue. You made the free choice to go to Austin for a summer um, to be with your dad. You made a choice to leave Bellevue. You made a choice to even play soccer there, like all these yep. free will choices. And then it just gets stripped away because when you're joining the military, like you become their bitch. It's everything for like, <laughs> the people around you. Like, you have, there's no identity. Like you have to just do it for the people around you. Hence, all these punishments when like you don't get something done and like the rest of your, you know, squad mates, like they all have to deal with it, which is like the, mm -hmm. I feel like that's even more torturous because you have to like watch them suffer for your fucking mistake. And that so, like mentally and emotionally, that would like drain me. Like I, so I, I feel like you having to change the, your mindset with, you know, doing things for others and like not having any kind of free choice. Like I feel like that's really hard to juggle when you're also trying to figure out your plan. Here's, here's the big one that I wanted to bring up, especially for this podcast. This was my one moment. Um, while I did have my moment where I thought about quitting, it's such bullshit, you know? I did yeah. have a moment where I was the one who, who led everyone to suffer. <laughs> and while, while there was a lot of guys who did that, and while technically not everybody, but everybody messes up. But like, yeah. this, this was a mess up where I was like, damn, I really made everybody do that moment. So I, we, I was sitting in, I think I told you a story where I was sitting at the, uh, at the computer and yeah. I was drawing, I was like, I was doing, taking my notes and everything and my feet at the four or five. Oh, yeah. So yeah. as soon as I'm sitting down there, I get really comfortable. Like my, when you're, you're sat like this for 
eight weeks, your back is straight. It hurts. It, yeah. it hurts so bad. Cause if you're not set like this, then you're going to get called out, yep. you know, and then you're going to, you're going to do an individual punishment. So as soon as I kind of let loose, kind of let, let my back go a little bit, I was like, Oh, I felt so good. And then I put my, my, uh, my elbow down on my, on my thigh. And I was like, dude, this is so comfortable. <laughs> I just kept yeah. riding and riding and riding. And then I let my feet kind of go off a little bit. No. So I had, I let my, my, my foot go off and I was mad, dude. I, it just got to the point where I was like so comfortable. Like I wasn't thinking. So I remember hearing uh, boots come walking over to me and I hear, who are you? <laughs> just like right over me. Who are you? And I was like, he's not talking. Jeez. He's probably talking to the guy next to me. And he's like, who are you? And he just, he just screams it. And I look to my left and I see the shiniest boots I've ever seen in my life. And shiny boots means it's not a kid. <laughs> so yeah. It's not someone I'm in the company with. So he was a drill instructor. He was a company commander. And I look up at him and I was like, oh, shit, dude. Well, I sat down, I said, instantly popped back. I was like, stark eye. And he was like, all right, since you want to be comfortable, fire, 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 which means everybody goes outside and, and does like the PT session that I was talking about, the flutter kicks and all that. Yep. But I didn't, I didn't get to do it. I got to sat, I got to sit in front of everybody and watch them do it. So I was sat like in front of the whole company as they were doing it. And I was, and he's like, comfortable, man. And I was like, yeah, so you, you got to respond in the like, you got to respond like the cookie cutter way. You guys like, yes, yes, petty officer, so and so. You got to say yes and I, I, it's everything. And um, just watching the whole company sweat for like, it was like 20 minutes, man. Like, I was sat there and watching them all like go crazy. And um, I remember when they all stood up and we all went back into the classroom, I was like apologizing to everybody. I was like, I'm so sorry. And it happens enough times where people are like, do you chill? It's okay. This is the part of boot camp. Yeah. Um, but then, then this is where it got gnarly. This is where it got pretty bad. Yeah. This is, so we go back to the, 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 um, the barracks or like the, the place where we were staying at. Yeah. And, um, we all go up and he says, grab your piece, which usually means we're going to hold it out in front of us. You'd be like, do the, the, this, you know, a really bad sweat session. Yeah. Um, on top of what we just did or what I just led everybody to do. So we go outside and we're all holding it. And he's like, where's Stark? And I was oh, like, oh no. god i was like no and um is what he had done beforehand is he got a couple of guys to bring that 300 pound rope outside yeah super heavy rope and he got him to bring it outside and lay it down in front of everybody so it was two columns of people so it was two columns of people and then the, the rope was in the center of the columns of people yeah so here's everybody holding their piece out and then here's the rope so i come out of the line and he tells me to pull the rope Pulling the rope sucks. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah. Pulling the rope is the is one of the worst punishments that you can have in boot camp because it's pulling a 300 pound rope. Um, you have to pull it like you have to pull the whole thing to you. Yeah. And then you gotta put it over your shoulder and you gotta run it down to the other side and then you gotta pull it back to you again. That takes like 30 minutes because you're pulling it and it's so heavy that you can't even like move it at all. So you gotta put your whole body where you gotta kind of like jerk it each time. Damn. Um, I actually, I actually ended up messing up my, um, my left, uh, hamstring doing that because I was putting so much effort in like pulling it. Cause you can't yeah. move it, you know? Um, cause it's so heavy. And while at the same time I was doing that, I have to scream at the top of my lungs. I have no discipline. So I have no discipline. <laughs> I have no discipline. I have no discipline. And I'm pulling this fucking heavy ass rope. Uh. And everybody is like encircled around me saying like, we have no discipline. And I would say, I have no discipline. And everybody's like, we have no discipline. And dude, that's just so like, so fucked up. Like, it's so like, it's so mental, man, because like I'm sat there doing all this and I'm the reason that everybody's having to pay, but I'm paying myself 
in the yeah. worst way possible. That's that's the worst punishment. Man, pulling that rope, I'd say that's the worst punishment that you can have in boot camp because it's I a wish, heavy rope. I wish I, it was on I really wish I could have just said that to you, bro. I'm like, all right, Tony, go. And then I have you be screaming, I have no discipline. If you're like an hour late, I have no discipline. I don't do that. <laughs> I, mean, I show up late too. I'm so full circle, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I show, I show up late to something or if I, uh, I mess something up, just Tony, go, go, go do that. I oh, shoot, okay, don't, don't test me, bro. You said you want to come back up to Washington. Don't I'm gonna come don't back up. Me. and I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up like two minutes late. That's the thing, bro. If you show up like even like 13 seconds late, like they will punish you. You know, those little things do 13 seconds. Like that's why you say like, like planning for 15 me. minutes early is just smarter. Cause like, let's say something happens and you have to like yeah. take 10 more minutes. So your time that you wouldn't expect, like then you, you still have like five minutes to be comfortable. And it's like, that's like, exactly. you don't want to have that extra level of like anxiety when they're already testing in so many ways. I want to see if we have time, but the ramp, ramp, I got it. People know what ramp is because I think that's the last moment of like boot camp. But like, if you have to do ramp, like that's like what will dictate whether you can get through this or not. So could you just like tell the people listening what, what ramp is and then just share your experience with that? Because I feel like that's like the most extreme version of like how you will be punished, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, all the things that we've been talking about. It's that's like, that's like the one thing. So there's two weighing factors in boot camp that like really make you want to like push to do better. It's it's getting reverted and then the fear of ramp. <laughs> like I, I remember talk, I, I'm talking talking to the guys um, here who went to boot camp like ten years ago, like fifteen years Jeez. ago. Ramp ramp used to be a thing where everybody went through it. Everybody has to go through ramp, um, but it wasn't nearly what it was what it is now because now it's like the guys who really are messing up and the guys who really are doing something bad. I still don't know why I went to ramp. Still couldn't tell you. Um, there's a lot of guys who I went to ramp with who, for some reason, like everyone's like, why did he go? Like, what did he do? Yeah. You know, there's guys who are doing way worse than that guy. Um, but luckily for me, my ramp experience was only an afternoon because I went to ramp during Thanksgiving week. Yeah. So I went, I went to ramp on the Tuesday of, uh, of Thanksgiving. So Thursday, uh, Thanksgiving was on a Thursday. I went on a Tuesday. So technically yeah. I couldn't stay out because those guys are the guys who were running ramp. We're going to go to Thanksgiving because they're going to take the day off. So it would have been pointless to keep me there for three days, but that's how long ramp is. Ramp is a three day process of you getting, um, it's, it's all physical. It's the most physically challenging things that, that boot camp has to offer. Um, yeah. there's, uh, there's, I talk, I've harped on the rope a lot. They have a rope that's twice as heavy. It's called the Medusa line because it's, it's a braided line. It looks like it looks like snakes and stuff. Oh, so baby. that you have to hold it like this out here. You got to really put it up and down, put it up, and that it's like all your force. You got to go up with it because it's super heavy. Yeah. Um. I remember mentally, I had been hearing things of so the company commanders like to toy with you. They they really like to play with your mental state. So I remember I'd be asking a question. I would say petty officer so and so. Like uh, I would just ask like, where are we going? So, yeah. You besides besides ramp. He told me that one day. He's like, besides ramp, you're going to go to so-and-so. In the back of my mind, I was like, ramp? It's like, what am I going to ramp for? Like, yeah. And another big thing was, um, so when you're when you're walking through the quarter deck, which is like our main like hallway to get to our, our bunks and stuff, there's, you could open the door, like there's doors to where the, the company commanders would like plan their stuff. It was like, a, it was like their office. And there's a certain viewpoint that when you're walking through, you can see a big white board. And on the board, it would say ramp and probation and then have names of recruits under it. So you can see who's going to ramp and who's going to probation. 
you know, and I, I know it was, uh, it was on purpose for, for people to see that because then as soon as other people see that, they're going to go to that shipmate and they're going to go to your friend and say, Hey dude, you're on the ramp board or yeah. you're on the probation board, you know? But once I found out, um, you, you, so the way you found out you're going to, you find out you're going to ramp is, um, you're in a circle with, uh, all of your shipmates or like everybody in the company. Yeah. And, uh, they call your, your roster order number, which is like your identity of like your identical, your identical number is your, the number who I identified as was 96. That was like my last name number. So that was when, when they called out all those numbers and they said my name, heart instantly drops. Like I was like, no way, like no way did I, am I chosen for this? Like no way am I going to ramp? So it was like an instant because they told you the day before, which sucks because you have the entire day to think about what it's going to be like. Yeah. And you hear all the horror stories of what ramp is like, all of the, all of like the, the stress of it, like the, the way like it's told the way that it's the way that kids talk about it. Yeah. It, it sucks because then they're like, dude, it's going to be hell. Like just, you just got to get through it. And I was like, dude, I'm not, it's like, I don't want to get through it. Cause I'm like, what, what did I do to go through it? You know, what did yeah. I do to get sent to it? So I remember the night before I, I spent the entire night, like, just like crying. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I got very emotional because I was like, I'm going to like miss thanks. I'm going to miss Christmas. because I'm going to get like sent back a week. Um, cause I graduated, uh, December, uh, 19th. So if I had done but that week, I was going to graduate after Christmas. That, that just like weighed on me so heavy. I was like super sad, but I remember hacking up all my stuff. Uh, you pack all your stuff into your seat bag and then you, yeah. uh, you bring your stuff with you. And I had my backpack on and I had all my stuff with me. And you is what you do is you go, you go to the ramp hall, which is like the big red triangles. And you stand in the triangle until like all of them come out all the, the drill instructors and there's like yeah. eight of them so it's like yeah. super intimidating super intimidating like they all come out and like they got their hats on big hats yeah and they look up at you like that and then they're like welcome to ramp it smells like bitch in here and everybody's like everybody's like shit in themselves and like, oh, dude. And like i was like i was sat there with all my stuff i was like shaking i was like holy shit this is like this sucks like i'm super scared right now and so the first thing we did was they told us, they told us to go put our stuff away into the, the, the racks. And it was just hours on hours on hours. It was just, it, I was there for six hours because it was only an afternoon for me. Yeah. But it's usually like four hours. You get sw- like sweat straight. Like you get a five yeah. minute break and then 30 minutes of, of uh, PT, a little five minute break, and 30 minutes of PT. And it's like what they do at the boot camp, like regular PT, but like times 10, you know? It's like, it's harder moves. It's like heavier guns. Um, it's like holding stuff out like to your side like that. Like you have to grab a gun on each hand. You have to hold it out to the side. Yeah. It's lead, keep it up. Oh, dude. For how long? It's not fun. Uh, we, we did that one. So you, you all get in a circle. And you, yeah. So you have to hold your hands out like that with a gun. We did that one for like 35 minutes. I timed it. I do. I literally can't even hold up like five minutes. No, dude. Minutes, it really. is holding out in front of you like that for 35 minutes and you, you you drop and then they yell at you and you're like you gotta hold it back up you know <laughs> and it's just it's impossible to not like think like holy shit like what first of all what did i do to get here second yeah. of all i don't want to be here <laughs> like what can i do to get out of here yeah. so you instantly start trying as hard as you can that's what happened to me i had like a click i was like i'm just gonna do it till i pass out you know Cause then maybe they'll send me home early. Maybe they'll say, Oh, this guy's giving me effort. He, he doesn't want to be here. Go back to the company. So that was Jesus. what happened. I, I went, I went crazy for like 
six hours. I was just sat there, just like I didn't think about anything. I was like, breathing heavy. I was like doing all the things right, and like my muscles were like tensing. I remember my my left forearm was like like right here. I could see the muscle like started like to like shake, and like I wasn't I wasn't able to like close my fist all the way because like oh my, my forearm God. and everything was just like super like torn apart. Actually, I went to medical the next day, and I said uh, that I almost done something to the tendon here because I had held out the gun so so like long out in front of me. Yeah. Um, they were like touching the tendon and she was like feeling around in here. And she was like, Oh wow, this is really bad. And I was like, really? <laughs> and then on top of that, I had tonsillitis. That was, that was, um, that was the week I got tonsillitis. It was after, and I think it was because I, my body had just gotten so broken down from that. It just yeah. said, I'm gonna focus, I'm gonna focus on your muscles and not your immune system. And then my immune system is good. It's like went straight garbage and I got super sick. So <laughs> yeah no ramp isn't fun man ramp is is the one thing you don't want to go to and it's it's another weighing factor of, of the big mental thing that you want to avoid especially being in boot camp so so sucks. there are all of these crazy challenges you know again this is advertised like you saw bottom left corner of your screen you see navy or oh yeah. serve serve your country this is an opportunity you get all these benefits and a lot mm-hmm. of it like they're keeping away from you because like you know, it's hard to advertise joining this when you are so transparent with <laughs> what you hell you're going to go through. That's fucking crying so many, with their arms out. Yeah, literally crying. Like, oh, yeah, like your tendons like might rip, like, <laughs> like things like that. <laughs> and so I just think like and you get through boot camp, right? Like it's mm-hmm. eight weeks. Don't get reverted. You know, you get like sick. You have a lot, just your body just broken down. And then, like you said, there was focusing so much on like your muscles that like your body, like your immune system just shut down. This I all lost, the, all I those lost moments, right? The cold mm-hmm. rain, you know, the forty nine degree weather where you're doing flutter kicks. You're looking up and you're just like, "What am I doing?" You know, yeah. you're making your other mates do things or get get punished and have to, you know, sweat for thirty minutes because you didn't sit, you know, right for five seconds because your body yeah. is just like you just can't have your back straight for sore. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you get through boot camp, and then now there's supposed to be something better and yeah this is like the hard part like you feel like you accomplish something like like you get through this they have like a like at the end of that video that i watched it's like you graduate and like your family's there and it's like yeah we made it but that's not even the start like you do mm-hmm. boot camp and then the next phase is you said it's the what what program is it again that you were um, looking to join in next so i you technically nxx starts when you're in boot camp you, you join okay. nxx doing uh, a certain physical test which was uh it's like 40 push-ups 50 sit-ups mile and a half run under 10 minutes, 500 meter swim under 10 minutes. Yeah. And then uh, 25 over unders, which is just 25 meters, which is like an entirety of a pool. Just you just swim the whole pool underwater um, four times. Yeah. So, but like, while not everybody can do that, that's so easy compared to what this program has to offer um, yeah. or what, what's going to happen in the future. So, but like, um, where was your mind after boot camp? Cause like you make mm-hmm. it through and there's like a huge sense of relief, but in a way it's like a false sense of security, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it. A very false sense of security because as soon as you graduate, I was still in that mindset. Like I, I went to, I remember I went to a restaurant with my parents after and I was yeah. sat straight four, <laughs> feet of four yeah. five, and I was eating and I even cleaned the table after we ate. Like, um, but it's such a, it's such a false sense because as soon as you're done with boot camp, that's when the real stuff starts. And for a lot of people who aren't in the program that uh, me and my roommate here were, or the one that I was in for like a week, 
it's very it's very hard because you get sent either to like a cutter or you get sent to a small boat station and then you get you that's when your real work starts because being a, a non-rate in the in the in the coast guard which is what a lot of guys are like, like me yeah. um i gotta wait four months to even put my name on a list to, to join a rate um it's very just doing mm-hmm. normal work it's very like for me it's like like painting walls uh cleaning uh jet cleaning pressure washing like uh the stuff around the, the base I, I like cut grass you know it's it's very like tedious work but at the same time the program i was in it was like you you have to wake up at a certain time uh i had to wake up at six and then i had to be at the workout place by seven thirty. and yeah. these workouts are ninja these, these are like workouts that are like designed to like really show what you're made of um because it's it's again man it's, it's the, the, the whole point of the program of the program that i was in post boot camp was to um it's to become like the elite to, to be like the thing that the coast guard has to like yeah it's like the navy i like to say the navy seals of the coast guard it's like very it's their special forces operation yeah but it's not like that at all because it's, it's a completely different like uh thing it's very search and rescue oriented it's it's still very hard and you have to be very cut out for it and very dedicated to, to get into something like that. It's a, to really push yourself to do something like that. But yeah, that, that it was definitely like, because you work out, go to work and then you have another, another workout after work from three 30 to five 30. And that's another two hours of just like mind boggling, terrible workouts that you're just going to like almost pass out like on the brink of exhaustion. So yeah, it's a very false security because as soon as you graduate boot camp, you're on top of the world, man. You're, you're like, that's it. Like, yeah, I was, I was, I'm the best. Like, what else is there? And then you become the bottom of the totem pole again. And on top of it, if you're in this program, you're really the bottom of the totem pole because you're working with guys who have been through that hell that you're about to go through. So very, very, um, very challenging. Yeah. Is that psychological switch again? It's like when you're mm-hmm. a senior in high school and then you become a freshman in college, it's like the same thing. Yep. Um, but I just remember you calling me, I think it was like a week into this program to like the next mm. phase of this phase two. And it's like, you're just telling me, I, I was just like surprised. I thought it'd be like, you know, you like, cause you were excited. You were telling me that there were like workouts that, that were going to be more tailored to like what you wanted to do. You know, it's going to be mm. like real workouts and it's going to be like, obviously very difficult, but it's like what you want to train for. And you're going to be like with yep. people that can give you advice and stuff like that. And so I was just surprised when you're just telling me how much more difficult and how much more challenged you were in like a different way. And so I would, yeah. I would love if you could just, you know, share some of those experiences. Cause it's been, I think like two weeks of being in yeah. that, that program now. So as, as soon as I graduated boot camp, I took five days of leave, um, which was just five days for my body to recover, especially after all the stuff I just gone through. Yeah. And as soon as I got out here, I think the day I drove out here, the day I got here was the 29th. The, the main guy who, who kind of runs the program invited us to a workout. Mm. um and that was like a gut punch that's like that's what they call it the gut punch workout um because it's designed to like really 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 mess you up me me and uh my roommate here who had just gone through the workout we were laying on the floor for like 15 minutes after the workout i almost like passed out um i stood up to use the restroom i stood up way too fast and i like had to i like fell back down because my legs were like super shot yeah Um, because we did we did something with a a sled push where it's very leg and uh very you know uh quad oriented and i just remember like not being able to like, walk correctly like it was very and like you do I, I compared to the workouts that i was doing beforehand like i i told you like, when i was living in austin i was doing these preparation workouts where i would swim and i would do yeah. like water confidency drills and i would really start to um get a, a good grasp of what i think 
the workouts are going to be here. And they're kind of the same. Like they were good tailored workouts to what I was doing out here. But these ones were, were intimidating. These ones were, were like meant to, to drive you to the point where you don't want to do this. Yeah. Um, these were meant to, to really show what you're made out of. And if you really want to be here, you know, if you really want to do this. And I think for me personally, what happened to me was I started seeing what's on the other side mm-hmm. and it kind of became like a virus that grew in my head that was like, it really, really took over uh, how I worked out, how I worked throughout the day, how I even functioned as a person. Uh, I remember you texted me one day and I didn't even text you back until like the weekend because I was so beat, man. Yeah. Um, and I was so like, and we, we were going to record this last weekend and I remember, but I, I thought it'd be better to wait a whole week after, especially I get out of the program. Cause I knew yeah. last week I was going to be out of this program um, because it's just not for me. And yeah. it really boiled down to it. it's, it's uh, I saw what's on the other side and I kind of formed a plan to what I wanted to do when I quit. And then I followed through with it because that's something that, that I've, especially since moving from Gainesville to Austin to Seattle, Yeah. if you don't like it, if you don't like it, if you don't see your future in it, and if you really don't want to be doing it, just don't do it. There's, there's no shame in wanting to, to follow something that you think will be better for you especially when it comes to a point where you can't function normally while doing uh, the thing that's, that you're in right now. Yeah. Boot camp's a little different because that's, that's, you know, when the end date is and it's, it's very, very mental. And that's, that's the whole struggle of it, not being able to quit. But in this program, for instance, like uh, as soon as I dropped out, it was just like a whole like relief that just kind of went through my body. I was like, I, I'm done with it. Um, now I can really focus on myself like personally. Um, and I can actually find out what I really want to do because I came into the Coast Guard only wanting to do this single rate, which is AST. Came into the yeah. Coast Guard really only wanting to do this one thing. And I didn't know anything else about anything. I kind of blocked myself mentally about them because if I thought about them, then I'd want to do those. And yeah. it came to me while I was doing these workouts and while I was getting uh, beat down that I was like, okay, what if I tried to think about another thing? Maybe it would get to the workout. So, yeah, it was very, very mental for that, that entire last week. Yeah, like there's that that separate, you know, mind shift. It's like how you were mentally there for the boot camp and being as locked in as you can be because it's just like quitting is just not an option. And mm-hmm. what I think is interesting is like the notion of quitting and how it can be helpful for you, like if it's if it is an option or if it's not. And well, you know, being at boot camp like you didn't have an option and in a way it like pushed you to this max where you could have maybe even like never seen yourself get to. Like let's say you had an option to quit at boot camp, like would you have done it? It depends because a lot of people quit because of personal reasons, physical reasons and all that. I think the thing got, that got me through, especially that challenge in my life was uh, thinking about my next step, which is where I was last week, uh, yeah. which was, which was like, if I get through that, then I can start this finally and finally start my training for this. Or like, if I can't do this, then how the hell am I going to do that? You know, I think, I think a big thing that I wanted to harp on, even, even through boot camp, this is a big thing is learning by failure. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing that's come through my life too. Uh, I failed Seattle, uh, technically in my mind. Um, I failed school. I, uh, I didn't really commit myself to really trying through that. I, I, I take it as a failure and dude, I learned so much from failing like that. And I, I, I we failed in boot camp over and over and over and over yeah. and over. You fail so much in boot camp, and that's how you learn. You learn that you, you have to do the certain thing at a certain time or else you're going to pay for it. And again, I've, I've just failed again in my mind. Uh, I, I failed the program and I've learned now that 
if I don't want to do something and I have the power to stop it and I have the power to really, you know, look for something else, then do it, you know, learn through your failures, man. It's mm. just, it's, it's just keep, keep going through it. And they say failure is the best teacher. My mind, bro, that that's like such a correct statement. It's, it's like, it's insane how, like how much you learn from failing. It's yeah. It can be so scary. And like the ah, way that dude, it's like, terrifying. Yeah. Like the way it's constructed with just, like how I've been raised and how many people have been raised just like working and going to school. Like if you get a bad grade, it's like, it's the end of the world, but like what world is it the end of? And I think it's your world. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like, it's, it's courageous to see, you know, all the ways in which you say you failed, but like it's all the ways in which you've just been like real with yourself and you just learn from experiences. I feel like when you're so afraid of failing and I feel guilty this at times as well, is that like, I, I restrict myself from a lot of opportunity and so it's just being able to keep, you know, an open mind to if shit happens, like you can be forgiving of yourself. Cause I feel like we're more forgiving of others than we are of ourselves. And so even when it came to like you messing up at boot camp and your your squadron having to deal with it, and like you were just apologizing over and over again because you felt so guilty. Meanwhile, when other people would, you know, mess up, because that's just how it happens in boot camp, like you were always forgiving. Like I feel like we've just been trained to be that way. And so it's just yeah. learning how to like reevaluate how we ourselves see failure. And I think you've done a really good job of that and just learning as much as you can from each experience. Mm -hmm. I think, I think personally, a big thing for me striving to, to want to keep going is, is just absorbing as much as you can dude. for right now. Like the position I'm in right now is uh, I want to absorb as much as I can to learn what I really want to do in the Coast Guard or like what I really, cause right now I don't really know. And that's okay. Cause uh, in, a lot of people at school don't know what they want to measure in it. A yeah. lot of people don't have a, a single clue what they want to do. And while learning and, and just absorbing everything while you can and learning through the process and just like going and failing, like try something and just like go out there, try it and fail. If it fails, then you learn something no matter what. Like I tried this program for like, I think since I left Bellevue, um, I, I think it's been like six months now that I, I've kind of trained myself for this, this, this challenge. And yeah. I've, I've now known, I've now realized that it's not for me. And I now realize that um, all the time I put through, I learned so much about like myself and like learning that it's okay to walk away from something if you think it's going to help you in the long run, you know? Yeah. And while pushing through something, and that's, that's the thing with me, I've pushed through something and I've gotten through something, which is boot camp, but then I've also learned that something's not for me. And I think that's super important to just like go through that as, as, uh, as, as young as I am. And as, as much as I have left in me to, to keep, you know, learning and stuff, super important to just push through something as much as you can. And then notice that your, your future can, can be different if you just change it like that way. I think so. It's a really great lesson just for everyone listening, obviously, including myself, like with any experience you have or wherever you're, you are with, a, you know, a path and what your parents might expect of you or friends or what school you're at or what major you should do. There's so many decisions that we do have the freedom to have. If you do have that luxury, sometimes you don't have that luxury, but if you do have it and you can like pick a school, pick a place to live, like being forgiving and understanding that you can change your mind and you can have different ways of handling things. Like it can be really freeing. And I think I see that in the way you've just, you've had a very interesting experience and there's no way if you told yourself two years ago that you'd be like where you are right now. Like if you really like, I think always looking back a couple of years or even like half a year, if a lot of stuff changes, like being real with yourself and just being like, wow, 
Like mm-hmm. all that happened, I might've failed this. I might've failed that. This experience didn't really work out the way I thought it was going to like, but being forgiving yourself is like the only thing that you can do. And it's, it becomes the greatest teacher because I feel like people aren't going to be there for you when you need other people. Like you need to be there for yourself for like, by you the need to part. know. You, so it's you, just you need to know. The waters. Yeah, definitely. Definitely big on, on being yourself. Just, just push. I mean, push through it if you if you think it's going to help you in the long run and just really focus on yourself seriously is there any last piece like this main last piece of advice you can give not even just to people that want to like you know try boot camp or try joining the military just anyone that is young or old that is thinking about making these big decisions of you know just anything that could bring a lot of change that can be scary like what is just a piece of advice that you could give based on you know the past two years of what you've just gone through over and over time and time again just go for it. That sounds so cliche. That sounds super cliche. Just go for it. If it's if it's not for you, it's not for you. Is what I try to do is I try to think of where it could lead me. Um, when I when I moved out from Florida to Seattle, I thought it would lead me to uh, being at the University of Washington or yeah. being able to transfer somewhere or have some have a future. When I decided to join the Coast Guard, I, I thought you know I decided that this future is for me. That I I would like to help people, and I think it'd be the best fit for for my future yeah um but you learn in the process of a lot of things like you you really putting yourself in those situations even if you think it's not going to work out for you in the future you're going to learn so much from it no matter what even if you apply yourself to like a major or if you apply to a class you really think you're not going to like but you think it'll be beneficial for your future if you really think it'll help you out then try it if you fail then you learn something no matter what because the way that you apply yourself to different things. You, you get what you put into it, no matter what you do. You, you put in uh, different, different uh, emotions and different, uh, different contributing factors to what you really want to learn from that. Um, and if you, if you do your best for it, that's what you, that's what you got. And you take away something from everything, no matter what, even if you half-assed it, you're still going to learn. Okay. Well, I half-assed that, uh, not half-assed the next thing, you know? Well, thank you, Tony, for being you know, a great example of just trying so many things and then being open and sharing your story with us. You know, it's always a gift when someone, you know, talks just about their life because it's, it's someone else's life. And it's Mm -hmm. always just nice to be able to like relate with people and just have a conversation, just, you know, kind of work through this journey of life together with people that have different experiences. So just thank you, you know, for being on for the second time, for sharing your story again, look at what has happened, how, how much has changed, how much you've grown in the past, you know, eight months, and, you know, I'm proud of you. And it's just really awesome to be talking to you again, man. Yeah. I just want to say thank you for having me on the podcast again, man. I think I think Real Talk is definitely a, a really good place that people can come and, and like, open up. And while while I open up and while I, like, tell my story and while I continue to, to go through my journey, I think I think leaving a mark or leaving just any kind of story on, on this podcast is something that we can all like people, everyone who's talked on here so far, as many episodes as you're going to have in the future, as many you've had yeah. already, everybody like I, I went back yesterday and I listened to my podcast uh, that I had with you. Yep. Uh, the, the last one we recorded. And it's just crazy to see how different my mental state is. It's just like, it's crazy to see how different I was reacting to things. And it's, it's like, that's the beauty of this podcast is that you can like, you can really open up mentally and you can feel safe because you're discussing something that like people want to hear. Yeah. And, and I think you do a great job of like driving the different questions, driving kind of steering, you know, like yeah. you're kind of driving this, this, 
this like this podcast that is just like super helpful to people that, that come on and it's like a super helpful mental not break but a super helpful like mental uh journey that we're all going through right now so i think i think that's the beauty of this podcast i think people really like to listen to other people's stories sometimes yeah. and i i learned a lot from like even like from your past episodes just like about different things so well, dude, i appreciate the love there's a reason why you know we're in touch and you know, Sorry. we have these conversations because you can be real. I can be real. And that's, that's the beauty about just going through experiences, just being able to talk about it. So, um, mm-hmm. take care of yourself. Thank Sorry. you so much, bro, for being on this crazy life, right? Crazy. How much has changed. And, um, yeah, dude, you did great. And I'm just super excited yeah. to come out and have people listen and, you know, hear your story, hear your voice. Yep. I'll be back. Uh, I'll be back in probably sometime mid February and we can definitely all hang out. Uh, super hyped to see everybody again. Um, I definitely miss Seattle for sure, but uh, I'm even more hyped for episode three because I'm sure I'll have some more things to talk about. Episode three, bro. Where are you going to be? Episode three? Sure. Oh my god! Oh, dude, I'll probably be in the middle of the Pacific or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. Thanks again for. Talking. All right, man.